Welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. Today our topic is gem and crystal therapy, and our guest is Dr. Ada Gonzalez. Dr. Ada is a licensed naturopathic physician who specializes in primary family care and gemstone energy medicine. She received her undergraduate degree from Cornell University, her master's degree from Yale University, and her medical degree from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. She practices at the Golden Heart Center for Wellness in Portland, Oregon, and is a gemstone energy medicine educator. Gem therapy goes back a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, many ancient cultures have used a, a natural medicine using gems. Here in the West, we don't think of that as being such a common form, but it really has been, you know, whether it's ancient Chinese culture, even Germanic cultures have a history of using gems. And in fact, in Europe, it's much more common than here in the U.S. In England, in fact, gem energy medicine is covered under their national health insurance. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like, so when I travel and teach in Europe, people are like, oh, yeah, my grandmother taught me about gems. It's just kind of like when we think of herbs or acupuncture, where it's still alternative medicine, but it's it's understood that it's part of, you know, if herbs are healing, of course gems are. What exactly is gem therapy? Well, the distinction between gemstone energy medicine and crystal therapy is that it's the shape that we're using the gem. Crystals is using gem energy like more of like a laser, and when you shape a, a gem into a sphere, you're kind of having a more holistic constitutional effect versus more like a surgical effect when you're using laser, like laser crystals. Because that's that point, the way a crystal is shaped, it's more of a point and it shoots energy. Interesting. Yeah, the the shape of something is a, kind of like how you would think about, well, you could use an herb, but you might use it as a tea or as a alcohol-based tincture, right? They're going to have slightly different effects based on how you extract the qualities of it. So those are the differences there. You can use crystal shape or a gem spherical shape is what we mostly use. And that's because the sphere is the most powerful shape for a gem? You know, what happens with a sphere is that it is a... Um, well, our energy system functions somewhat like a sphere. If you've ever seen pictures of how they depict the aura... It's more of a round shape. And so when you can harness the energy of a gem in a spherical shape, one, it's harmonious with human energy because it is similar to the way our energy flows in a somewhat spherical shape. And also, you're able to get a lot out of the gem because what the gem does is draw energy from 360 degrees in a spherical shape and then radiate it outward. Um, this is a very powerful and yet gentle way of working with the gem versus with a, a laser kind of crystal. It can be a little bit more, let's say, if you don't know what you're doing, you could get into more trouble. So this is a more harmonious and gentle way to work with the gems. Sounds like it. <laughs> Does the quality level of the gem make a difference in its healing power? You know, that's a really great question because... It's a huge um, factor. The quality of gems, um, the higher the quality, the stronger the effect, and that's really important because just like if you were going to use an herb, you wouldn't want to use one that's kind of growing in a in a inhospitable environment or potentially full of contaminants or toxins. Mm-hmm. The same way, you need an organic, vibrant, 
clear stone in a many and by clear I don't mean necessarily that it's translucent that you can see through it, but that it's a good example of whatever kind of stone it is, rather than it be filled with other kinds of minerals or contaminants or, you know, dark spots. Kind of if you use stones that are of low quality, you're gonna end up energetically uplifting it rather than them uplifting you. Which was the original goal in the process. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to help gems, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that uh, different stones have different characteristics uh, which affect their power. Like a clear crystal is better than a cloudy one, but a cloudy lavender is actually better than a clear one. So there's all these different variations. Yeah, so this is what we what I call therapeutic quality. So therapeutic quality is about gathering the kinds of uh, the individual characteristics for different stones that makes them therapeutic. And you've got to understand that, you know, the gem industry in the U.S. is predominantly a jewelry industry, right? Mm -hmm. So that industry is about how the gems look. So many times gems are going to be radiated because that increases the color tremendously or they're dyed or they're in some other way chemically altered to look Nice. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they have the energy of a high-quality stone, so it doesn't mean they're actually going to do you any good. But by knowing the different qualities of stones, like the example that you gave, where lavender or rose quartz, you're not going to need a clear, absolute clear one, but with quartz, clear quartz or with amethyst, you're going to want or carnelian, you're going to want a, a pretty clear example of that stone where you can't, in the naked eye, you can't really see a lot of factor lines. So with each stone, it's different. And sometimes the therapeutic quality even has to do with, for example, the way it's processed. Like jaspers are often cut with petroleum oil products, and that kills the therapeutic quality. So you have to get stones that are cut with water, and that rusts out the machines, and it's a whole elaborate process of getting those. So you really have to get it from a reputable resource. Sounds like it. <laughs> I'm learning a lot here this afternoon. How many different types of gem therapy protocols are there out there or, or different ways to use gems for healing? Oh, my goodness. I mean, hundreds. You mean in terms of some stones are great to place on the body. Some stones you can make baths or waters with for ingestion. Some stones you're going to apply. And so, for example, we think about aquamarine. That's a gem that is a beautiful blue color. And for it to be therapeutic, it does need to not be radiated. So most of the jewelry available aquamarine is going to be radiated. You can actually make water with it, pouring it over a necklace of aquamarine or a strand that is improves longevity and helps cells detox. Or you have another stone that's best worn as a necklace, like sodalite, is an incredible gem for clearing mental pollution and worry and negative thinking, incredibly effective for that, and that is best worn as a necklace around the neck, you know, and helping to clear around the head. Speaking of spherical and, and wearing it as a necklace, in America it's a little difficult for men to wear a necklace, especially of spherical stones, along with other kinds of jewelry. What choices do men have? Well, you know, it's just funny. I love this question. Thank you for asking us because what I learned about guys and necklaces through the years is that it's true. I mean, you know, guys don't normally wear necklaces. First tip I have on this is a lot of guys will wear it in, you know, a collared shirt, and they don't. no one ever even sees it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like it's hidden. But, yes, it's a spherical necklace. Secondly, I've seen so many guys, like I remember this engineer walked into my office and said, hey, 
Uh, you know, when I first started working with the gems, I was really hesitant to wear them because, you know, I worked for this big engineering company here, and, and I I didn't want people to ask me about it. But, you know, they work so well, I don't even care what they look like anymore. <laughs> and I was like, really? How long have you been working with the gems? And he's like, mm, about a week. He had such amazing experience after just a week. He was like, who cares what they look like? <laughs> I was going to say, nobody would question him about what color pill he was taking, so... Yeah, it's so I've learned with guys. I mean, they, you know, of course it's a consideration, but really it's not about what they look like. And I'm another guy who's a uh, producer in North Carolina. I remember his wife telling me like he, she couldn't get him to wear his necklace. You know, it's like he's sixty or something, and he was. But he tried one, and he thought it was so amazing. And now she's like, they're walking down the street to Charlotte, and she's like, can you put those necklaces in your shirt? Everyone's staring at us. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes on the other foot now. Yeah, because guys, once they find something that works, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Absolutely. That's the bottom line. How do gems get their healing powers? Ooh, I might have to ask you that one um, because you studied all the forms of medicine, but it's the same as anything else. I mean, I guess there's these gifts of the earth, and each of them are here for us to utilize. And, you know, more technically speaking, gems are, well, they're crystals, right? And they have crystalline structure. So they're in a form of energy medicine. They're a carrier of energy medicine like everything in life, but they're very precise tools. So they hold a vibration that is very clear and precise, and therefore we can use them to clear blockages in our, ourselves that have the same vibration. I mean, if you think about the industries that are predominant in our society right now, for example, computers are a, in a sense, a crystalline-based technology. Mm-hmm. They transfer information all over the planet through quartz and silicone chips. So it's a gem-based industry. And so that's how the gems work in you. They have precise information that they carry, and then your body uses it as an energy system. That's a great analogy. Yeah, we're here in the information age, so we can use it as medicine, too. You were talking about the earth creating the stones. Does it make a difference where the stones come from on the earth? As long as they're a pure organic source, you know, they may have some slightly different qualities, but all the therapeutic stones, if they're of therapeutic quality, mm-hmm. and the criteria we were mentioning, then you're going to get good benefit. It doesn't matter if it's from South America or Africa or Canada or whatever. Can gems be used to prevent health problems as well as heal health problems? Definitely. You know, if you have, for example, you know you have a congenital tendency, meaning a genetic tendency that's inherited through your family line for liver problems or something, you can use a gemstone like a venturine that is going to focus on healing the organ in you that is of the weakest and uplift that vibration. So you can, in a sense, start coaching your body to pay attention and maybe, you know, minimize some of the the tendency that you would have towards a particular ailment, optimizing your health on all levels, so definitely. Does the material holding the stone make a difference? I mean, is a gold necklace better than a silver or a simple string arrangement? Well, you have some great questions. I'm so impressed. Yeah, of course it does because metal is used sometimes in gem combinations. And metal actually restricts or limits the vibration of a, of a gem. So if you are working with a gem but have it encased in metal, in a sense it is limiting how 
much that vibration can, it's kind of like caging it. Now, in Ayurvedic medicine, for example, they use gems as a ring oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But in that case, we're using the gem uh, more as a contemplation tool. You know, people are recommended to actually gaze at it. But if you're trying to sort of unleash the quality of the gem, it's best to string on a natural fiber like silk where it's not entrapping the energy. And then there would be some exceptions to that when you might want to use a little bit of metal because it adds sort of a, a stability to the gem combination. But normally we should think of kryptonite and the lead box for Superman. That We don't want to lock in the power. We want to unleash it. Wow, that's a great point. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. What's the most popular uh, way to use gem therapy in America today? You know, I think that there is probably an equal amount of use of people are still using a lot of crystalline forms of gems. There are people who are using, practitioners who are using gems on acupuncture points. That's very effective. Single beads on acupuncture points. And then the placement, you know, of clusters of stones. Those are, I think, the top three that I'm aware of, you know. What's the most powerful way to use gems for healing? I mean, you mentioned the acupuncture points. Obviously, that would capitalize on the energy meridian flow. I mean, would the energy chakras be in the same category? Is there a particular powerful way to focus gems? Well, you know, I'm going to to have to go around this question. The the most powerful way to use gems is, of course, whatever is indicated for that person at that time. So that's kind of, you know, a roundabout way to say that. But using gems with placements on the body where there's location of ailments or using a necklace that is, using it as a necklace where it's actually having global effects because when you wear it around your neck, you are having long-standing effects throughout your energy system and in a a gentle way, like 24 hours a day or 12 hours a day when you're working with the gem. I think that would be the most powerful way for people to start working with gems because it's 24-7 that you're getting that vibration. It's very easy. You know, here you are walking around your life, but you're, you're actually practicing energy medicine just moment to moment. It's very powerful. Which I guess leads me right to my next question. What's the best way to go about choosing a piece of gem therapy jewelry? Well, you're going to want to look at gems are like tools um, in healing. So if you are wanting to, like in the example you gave earlier, maximize your physical health, you may look at the green stones. There are resources out there, books where you can look and see, well, what is the exact gem that is for my particular ailment? I can mention specifics if you want me to. You're going to look at well, how, how do I want to be assisted. If it's more emotional aspects, you may look at some of the pink stones like rhodonite or rose quartz or rhodochrosite, actually. That's the best gemstone for changing negative emotional patterns, bad habits and negative emotions that you've been stuck in a long time, where, of course, that's very key. So if you're going to look at your life and say, okay, where do I want support with? Is it physical, mental, emotional, spiritual? And then once you know that inside of yourself, you can, you know, using resources like that are available online or books and such. 
or, you know, free consults. And, you know, there are people you can consult with as well that can help you. Are there any resources that you would recommend? I love this company in Portland, Jonasphere.com, because they have been pioneers in, in therapeutic quality, really trying to get the highest quality stones. And they have a very complete information on their website on choosing gems. And also there's another website that so that was gemisphere.com. There's also another website, gemstonetherapy.com, that goes into not only the property of the gems, but the actual therapies that you can apply on the body. For chakra clearing, as you mentioned, for mental clarity, you can use the gems on your head, you know, it's sort of different placements, more specific. And I think they even have an index so you can put in your, your problem and then see what gems come up. It's pretty handy. Is it possible to use different types of stones together? Definitely, definitely. Just like you might use more than one vitamin together. Mm-hmm. In a multivitamin, you can use gems for complementary effects. You know, like someone who's really trying to get clearer thinking. Times like this, people are, you know, looking for resources that help them think more clearly and calmly. You can use a gemstone like blue sapphire that really nourishes the mind. And then a gem like onyx, which helps you to be oh, multitasking, more organized, more focused. So that would be like a complementary use of wearing, in that, in that case I'm talking about wearing necklaces, or likewise, in a physical body application, you know, in the example of someone who say wanting to focus on their liver, you could either do a therapy with quartz on the liver that brings life force and then carnelian that's detoxing one after the other, or you can apply to two parts of the body at the same time. Both are, you know, both are appropriate and great uses. And Dr. Otto, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today about gem and crystal therapy. I appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. And I want to say, too, that at Gemisphere, people do can get personal consults. So I'm just going to give you that phone number, which is 1-800-727-8877, because that's an easy way, too. People can just call up and talk to someone. It's a free consult to talk about what gems might be right for them. And if they have any questions also about gem therapy, they can visit the Gemisphere website at www.gemisphere.com. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. You can learn more about our guest on the Unbreak Your Health website. Just look for the podcast page at unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about the show. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This show is a production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.